enforcement professionals have requested $5.7 billion for a physical barrier. At the request of Democrats, it will be a steel barrier rather than a concrete wall. This barrier is absolutely critical to border security. It's also what our professionals at the border want and need. This is just common sense. The President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall, and unable to convince the Congress or the American people to foot the bill, has shut down the government. All right, there you have it. Oh boy, I hope everybody's okay. Do you have to look at me like that, though? I was trying to watch it on the TV, and you were weirding me out the way you were staring at me. Old Chuck Schumer and Nancy yeah. Pelosi. A mm. couple of aging undertakers staring at the screen. <laughs> well, to discuss that and other matters, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, the congressman from the 4th District of California. It includes a sizable chunk of that state. Congressman Tom McClintock. Hello, Tom. How are you, sir? Just fine. Thanks for having me. So uh, your reaction to the speech by, by the president last night uh, in the counter by uh, Chuck and Nancy, any thoughts? Well, I think it pretty much uh, summarizes the impasse right now. The, the president offered a compromise, included changes in the wall that the Democrats had criticized, that uh, uh, provided additional humanitarian aid, reduced overall funding. The Democratic leadership refused even to consider it. They made no counteroffer, so the president is basically trying to go over their heads to the American people, and ultimately, I think the American people are the ones uh, uh, who are going to move this impasse off a of dead center, one way or the other. You know, as a guy who jabbers for a living and really admires a great speech, I thought it was just okay by the president last night. I'd really love to be given two hours with that speech and take a pen to it. I think it really could have been punched up. I'm not sure it moved the needle, I, and, and the response didn't. Well, as, as William F. Buckley once said of uh, George W. Bush, well, words just aren't his thing. <laughs> but but his his sentiment is on target. Of, uh, this is an issue that we ultimately have to deal with. We've got 22 million people in this country illegally right now. Uh, and, and, and it comes down to this. If our immigration laws are not enforced, uh, then our borders mean nothing. And we cease to be a country. We, we simply become this vast open territory between Canada and, and Mexico, both of which, by the way, have borders and immigration laws that they actually enforce. I was bothered by Chuck and Nancy saying we care deeply about border security. I thought, well, when you had uh, 70 votes in the Senate and controlled the House and the presidency, you didn't deal with it then. So I don't believe you. But Republicans have had full control before and not dealt with it either. How come? Well, the House Republicans did send a bill over to the Senate to fully fund the wall, and unfortunately, because of the Senate's closure uh, rule uh, that gives the minority Democrats essentially veto over any bill that comes, virtually any bill that comes to the Senate, uh, it went nowhere. Now, I don't blame Chuck Schumer for abusing that closure rule. I blame uh, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans for failing to reform it. But that's that's what did in the last Congress. Uh, uh, it was we, we sent bills over there to fulfill every promise we made to the American people. They stopped dead in the Senate because of that closure rule. Hey, I want to respond to one thing that uh, Chuck and Nancy said last night because I found it pretty offensive. The president highlighted, uh, you know, and I'm not sure this is the right strategy anyway, but he highlighted a bunch of terrible, terrible cases where Americans were brutally murdered by people in the country illegally, including the absolutely tragic recent death of uh, Officer Singh uh, in Central California. Um, and, and the response to that, uh, you know, on NPR and CNN and wherever else this morning has been, 
You know, immigrants actually commit crimes at lower rates than native-born Americans. This is a false argument. It's scare tactics. It's trying to demonize people. And to me, the very simple response to that is, you know, the rate of it really doesn't enter into it. That's not the question. If there are tens of thousands of crimes committed by people who have no lawful reason to be in this country and no legal authorization to be in this country, that is a tragedy. Never mind the rate at which various people commit crimes. That's a bizarre way to frame it. First of all, don't confuse legal and illegal immigrants. It shouldn't surprise us that legal immigrants who've obeyed all of our laws, who've waited patiently in line, who've done everything our country has asked of us to do in order to become Americans, it should be no surprise that they commit crimes at a much lower rate than the general population. Uh, The data on illegal immigrants, however, is, uh, is mixed on that point. But Uh, uh, What is very clear is in the last two years, illegal aliens were convicted of murdering 4,000 Americans, violently insulting 100,000 more, and not one of those crimes should have occurred because not one of these people should have been in the country to begin with. And so the idea that, well, uh, native-born people actually commit crimes at a higher rate. If you're a victim or you love one of those victims, that is a bizarre and, and frankly ugly thing to say i don't know what the point of that argument is anyway so should we ship out all native board people and then let new people come to the country because it'd be less crime i mean what's your argument there? yeah yeah, it's just it's stupid congressman tom mcclintock is on the line tom it seems to me that if you were to put aside political grandstanding there's ample room for compromise here well, there have been bills that have gone out on bipartisan votes in the past on this very subject, including with the support of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Uh, uh, don't forget this border wall was actually first uh, uh, called for in legislation signed by Bill Clinton in 1996. The Secure uh, Fence Act of 2006 went out on a broad bipartisan vote. Uh, it, it's uh, only been in the last few years that uh, the, the left has seized such control of the Democratic Party that uh, now they're for open borders. Uh, many of them are calling for the abolition of ICE. Uh, and you know that you know, history is screaming this warning at us that, that countries that either cannot or will not defend their borders simply aren't around very long because without borders you're not a country so how is this going to end uh, there, there are strategists on both sides of the aisle saying it's probably going to go past the state of the union which is the end of the month which will make it easily the longest shutdown we've ever had i just don't understand i don't see what the end game here is unless a couple of people get in a room and say look we got to figure out a way to save face well, that, that was, I think, the point of the president's address last night is, look, uh, I've made counteroffers. They won't even talk to me. Uh, I'm appealing to you, the American people, to weigh in on this. Uh, that's, that's when impasses like this are moved off a dead center. Uh, and depending upon how the American people react, uh, it will either move one way or the other. Either we will abandon the uh, uh, border wall and the control of our borders, of, of, uh, and uh, 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 end the impasse, uh, or we will get control of our borders and end the impasse. But either way, that impasse is going to be ended. But it's going to, I think, require the American people weighing in right now. That's why the president made that address. Well, uh, you know, I could see, I suppose, a certain number of people calling up their congresspeople or their senators or whatever and saying, hey, solve this. But uh, you need to call Chuck and, and Nancy today. Uh, Tom, if you'd be so kind, and let them know, because you know us, we're not Beltway wonks. We're regular guys living our lives out here in the hinterlands. Um, There is no 
great rising up of the will of the American people over this. On the one hand, we're all exhausted over the phony arguments over illegal immigration because we've had decades to do something and, and nothing's really happened. And the government shutdown is just affecting too few people. There is going to be very, very little pressure. Well, uh, uh, in in that case, then, we we could lose control of our borders uh, uh, indefinitely. I mean, th- this ultimately is a test of will, and it's not the uh, president versus congressional leaders. It's, it's not Republicans versus Democrats. This is a test of will of our nation over whether we're going to secure our borders and protect our people and defend our sovereignty or we're not. And And, and this may be look back upon as a turning point uh, in, in, in the history and perhaps even the survival of our country. I generally hate uh, when journalists ask hypotheticals because it puts politicians in a weird position. Um, if but, you were asked 50 hypothetical questions, No, if what Trump would you fires do? Mueller and it turns out, then, then what would you do? <laughs> I mean, well, well, if that happens, we'll deal with it. Right. Um, uh, but since it has been discussed a fair amount and there are rumors that he's still considering it, if Trump declared a national emergency and tried to handle it that way, how do you feel about that? Well, the, the president cannot appropriate funds. Only Congress can do that. But Congress has given him the authority to reprogram unobligated construction funds for purposes of national security. And that's ultimately what he may end up doing. Well, I heard one conservative argument um, from a conservative pundit saying, I don't want Trump to try to do that. If he did that successfully, then you're going to have a progressive president at some point declare a national emergency because of climate change and do call all kinds of things you don't want to have happen. Well, that, that, that is a legitimate concern, and we can argue about the constitutionality of the law that gives the president that authority to reprogram unobligated construction funds. Uh, and, and I would tend to side with the, uh, the notion that, uh, no, only Congress has the purse strings. That's the way the Constitution is written. But right. at the moment, that law is on the books and has not been struck down. And there are, as I view it, there, there are three mortal perils uh, to our country right now. There's the bankruptcy of our government. Governments that bankrupt themselves aren't around very long. Uh, there's the um, uh, 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 collapse of our of our constitutional separation of powers that this discussion hinges on, uh, but there is also uh, the, um, uh, the the loss of control of our borders, uh, and if we uh, have to uh, 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 take a a step like the president is suggesting to reprogram unobligated military construction funds for the defense of our border. Um, uh, yeah, you know, that that's the, in in the grand scheme of things, that's probably a good thing to do. Well, that'll keep the judges on the bench for quite some time because there yeah. could be just oh, yeah. a little litigation. But I do like very much your description of the three existential threats to the country. I think you're absolutely right, Congressman Tom McClintock, the Fourth District of California, with us. Tom, uh, always enlightening. Thank you for the time. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. Everybody always leaves out the killer clowns at the edge of the woods, though. That's your fourth threat. Um, Needless to say. Don't you think that's a decent argument, though? A progressive president comes along and says, look, climate change is a national emergency. Yeah, that's a great example. So we need a 10% tax on this or whatever it's going to be. We have uh, often said on the Armstrong and Getty Show, and during the Obama administration, we were trying to convince our progressive friends of this, do not give your guy power that you wouldn't want the other side to have. Because that sort of thing just escalates and escalates until you have t- terrible powers being wielded by the executive in ways that you will despise. Listen, democracy is incredibly frustrating. 
It is slow. It is inefficient. It's full of stupidity and hypocrisy. I've noticed. It's the worst form of government ever devised, except for all others that have ever been tried. Winston Churchill and anybody else who's ever looked at it. Um, don't no, don't grant kingly powers. Now, whether reappropriating unspecified construction funds or kingly powers, that's an interesting question. So, uh, do you give your kids allowances? How much? We got this survey of kids getting allowance and what they save for and what tasks kind of entertaining if you have kids or were a kid. I assume most of you were kids at some point. Most of you. Yeah, my uh, my kids are grown. Although they still kind of sort of get uh, an allowance. My college kid does. Mm-hmm. Should I have her uh, sweep it up? She's home from school right now. Absolutely. All right, then. Yeah. Are you listening, little D? Grab get a rake. Get, get to work. Grab a Grab rake. A rake. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. A cat that went missing from its owner in Michigan for two months was recently found over 1,000 miles away in Florida. Or some cats look the same. (laughs) That's good. God, cats especially. It's true with dogs, too, but cats especially. Oh, my God. How do you tell one black and white cat from another black and white cat? Yeah, cat owners would tell you, oh, I could tell. Could you? Yeah. I'd like to try that out. Yeah, not sure. Um, uh, throughout the morning, more Chuck and Nancy and the president battling over the uh, closure of the whatchamacallit. Boy, if you missed it last night, it was exciting. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. No. Nope. Not really. My soul was deadened a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. Good point, Sean. Yeah. Nothing happened. Yeah. So, uh, turns out that a pot might not be so good for young men and their sperm. It reduces sperm counts. We've known that for a long time, but... Uh, it also appears to uh, change the chemistry of how your genes are expressed. Uh, genes, G-E-N-E, as opposed to J-E-A-N. My genes oh. are expressed tightly. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, golly, avert your eyes. <clears throat> uh, I, I will tell Snuggly. you. I will tell you this. It is not clear the effects on the offspring at this point. But as Positive Sean and others have made the point, it is now laughable that marijuana is still a Schedule A narcotic in federal law. We need to be, I mean, it's its completely legal in how many states now? Six, seven, eight? I don't even remember. And, um, and might as well be in quite a few more. I think 30 plus states have at least partial legalization. Oh, right. my gosh. Yeah. 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 And then, it's, and, and, it's over half now. And, and please, it, you may be, where's the harshest anti-drug state? And the polling is in the 60, 60 percentile of people who want it legalized. Right. I, I'm guessing it's, you know, Alabama. Some I'm thinking of uh, Bible Belt still have blue laws uh, areas of the country. Um, but even in those states, you can get weed anytime you want. Guaranteed. 
So Thanks. what's uh, to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Uh, like twenty different laws. That still has not been answered. It's it's not it's, it need not be asked. Um. So anyway, I don't recommend you smoke pot, but I think it's um. It's ridiculous that we can't do free, you know, the universities can't be digging in really hard right now to how does smoking pot affect young people? Because the conditions for doing that research are so onerous because it's a, you know, triple dangerous narcotic, according to federal law. We got to change that because we need the answer to how does it affect your sperm? Uh, anyway, but it, it does affect it. They figure that out. Maybe you could give your kids allowance money for weeding your pot garden, he says in a transition. <laughs> hey, go go weed the weed, Junior. 70% of parents give a regular allowance uh, to their children. This is a comprehensive study of uh, the United States and allowances and children and that sort of stuff. Here's an allowance. I'll allow you to sleep inside again tonight if you do the dishes. Huh? Yeah, I, I get that. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm pro-allowance. Teaches kids how to handle money. Yeah, that's what I'm wanting to do. Yeah. And and, and just, just have some concept of the relationship of what things cost. That happens very quickly. I've seen it recently with my own eyes. Right. It took me that long to save up enough money to buy a tiny Lego set? Yeah. I had to do that many things to and, trade for that? Right. And now you're kind of bored with it, and you're wishing you still had your money, and you wish you to spend it on something else? Yeah, these are all very important things well, to I don't experience. Know. It, may, it may be unfair labor practices. I don't know what your hourly rate is for these kids, but uh, maybe they need to unionize. <laughs> um, the average weekly allowance uh, last Let's year was... Let's see. Let me check. Rent every day <laughs> plus the cost of food and medicine. You owe me $10 million. Get to work. Yeah, yeah. One of the kids broke the TV a while back, and uh, that, that comes up regularly in terms of talking about what things cost or money or allowance or whatever. Well, you still owe me $1,500 for the TV, so mm. <laughs> it'll take a while to pay for that. Ouchie. Uh, the average weekly allowance in the United States last year was $8.74, if you average it out, so a little over 8 bucks. The average Does that reward- include 17-year-olds and 6-year-olds? Well, this is age 4 to 14, which is a huge age range, oh, obviously. Because when you look at the different jobs, the number one earning chore is babysitting. Well, you don't okay. want my 7-year-old babysitting your children. Nor certainly your 4-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good one, followed by gardening, looking after cats. I also think that babysitting is more of a job than a chore, right? Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is septic um, tank cleaner on there? That was my first job. Washing car. Your dad lowered you, tied a rope around your ankles, as I recall, Michael, and lowered you down head first with a scrub brush. Washing cars next on the list. That's a good one. It That's is a, a good one. It's a good one in terms of learning about money and you working. It's not a good one in terms of having a clean car. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not so much. I've had my kids cleaning my car, and the car was cleaner before they well, started. parts but of it get clean. <laughs> parts that are below three feet high right. get very clean um, over and over again. Uh, we'll get into some more of this list coming up. It's kind of entertaining. Number one thing kids save for, though, with their money. I know this is true for my kids. Legos, wow. number one on the list. Plus, I've got to let the town where I lived, or the, the government of the town, into my house. And I'll tell you why, and it's completely ridiculous. Okay. Stay tuned. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Wall brawl continuing today, and good news about the battle against cancer. Stories coming up. Excellent. So, 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 yeah, I like hearing some good news on this program. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a gas.
We want to talk more about that meteorologist that was fired for being a racist for flubbing his words. Oh, we should all be scared to death of this. It is a great example of a change in the culture that is loathsome and dangerous to everybody. And it's not racism. The guy didn't do anything. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is still calling for a wall along uh, a wall along the southern or a border. Fence or whatever the heck. Yeah, a barricade. Anyway, uh, making his argument Tuesday night in an address uh, address from the Oval Office, blaming Democrats' refusal to fund the wall for the ongoing partial government showdown or shutdown. This is a choice between right and wrong, justice and injustice. This is about whether we fulfill our sacred duty to the American citizens we serve. When I took the oath of office, I swore to protect our country. And that is what I will always do. So help me God. I guess guess he and the speechwriters, does he have speechwriters? Sure. Um, I guess they decided that it needed to be more... um, dramatic but i think just you know the constitution says we have to defend the borders that's just it's just as simple as that oh yeah that's right there in the definition of what is a country yeah yeah i don't know that you need to get into all that other stuff i thought a lot of it just provided uh, those who disagree with an opportunity to throw up a smoke screen and change the topic to to the particulars and the statistics you get to spend 10 minutes arguing about the statistics fact checking uh, exactly right. of uh, uh, how many people commit crimes if you're legal, illegal, or native born. I right. did some reading on that last night. Boy, what a mishmash of stats that is! Oh yeah, one of the one of the stats on illegals don't commit many crimes. So they went to prisons and they surveyed people that are in prison. They, we don't have a mechanism which is unbelievable for determining who's legal or illegal in prison. Wow, it's amazing that we don't, but we don't. And so the way they figured it out is they would ask four questions. One of the questions was, does anybody in your household receive any government services? Because illegals can't receive services. If they say no to that, that means they're, or if they say yes to that, that means they're clearly not illegal because illegals can't, are not allowed to receive services. That's the system? That's one of the ways that they decided who's illegal and who's not. That's three kinds of dumb. Right. We all know that there are plenty of illegals getting all kinds of government services. There have been court rulings that you can't deny it. That's that's bizarre. It is. Meanwhile, top congressional Democrats are saying President Trump has chosen fear in his drive to build the southern border wall and called on him to reopen the government. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer looking stone-faced, telling America, No president should pound the table and demand he gets his way or else the government shuts down hurting millions of Americans who are treated as leverage. Seems like the government shuts down every, you know, yeah. nine months. I don't he, know, what are you talking about? He doesn't know, but that's the weak part of his argument, just because we've had enough shutdowns now that people don't react to them in the same way. Mm. I remember the first shutdown that came along when I was old enough to be paying attention. Oh, my God! You know, what does really this mean? Th- this is, this well, is China not, invade? It's just not having much of an effect on people. On another note, an American Cancer Society report says U.S. cancer death rates have been falling for at least 25 years, reaching the milestone in large part because of advances in early detection and treatment and because of lower smoking rates. Yeah, less smoking is a lot of it. 
nation's cancer rate fell 27 percent between 1991 and 2016. That is pretty amazing. Yep. However, despite the gains, obesity-related cancer deaths are still going up, including uh, cancer of the pancreas and the liver. Yikes! So that's not that's not good news. There's a new artificial intelligence technology that can reportedly identify several genetic diseases by looking at the patient's face. The AI called Deep Gestalt was found to have outperformed doctors in identifying syndromes in three separate clinical trials. A team trained the uh, learning algorithm by giving it about 17,000 facial images of patients diagnosed with over 200 various genetic illnesses. It chose the correct syndrome over 90% of the time. Wow, that's amazing. And charges may be filed in Georgia against R&B singer R. Kelly following Lifetime's docu-series Surviving R. Kelly. The Illinois state attorney urging anybody with claims of sexual assault against him to come forward. There is nothing that can be done to investigate these allegations without the cooperation of both victims and witnesses. We cannot seek justice without you. Now, the call to action comes after Lifetime's docuseries aired in which several women said Kelly sexually assaulted them and held them as sex slaves. The state attorney general, Kim Fox, explaining that investigations into abuse rely on the victims' accounts and their statements. She said the allegations in the Lifetime series were deeply disturbing, and she noted that investigators have already been in contact with family members of women who have been connected to Kelly over the past several years. Yeah, the guy is clearly a monster. I mean, the fact that he hasn't killed, uh, as far as we know he hasn't killed, right. is amazing, because he... I mean, he he goes right up to the edge of that sick, sick sort that wants to exploit women. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, in 2008, Kelly was tried and acquitted in Chicago of having sex with an underage girl. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Some more of the stats coming out of the big survey about uh, kids and allowances and parents and that sort of thing. Okay. Kind of entertaining and probably important, actually. Plus, why the town I live in is violating English common law and how mad I am about it. You're big on the whole common law. It's gone. It's, 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 we, we're through the looking glass here, people. Are we a free people or aren't we? Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Got a number of texts I should pass along to you that are pretty entertaining. Yeah, right. Uh, on all, all kinds of different subjects. Everybody agrees, car washing is a good allowance chore for your kids, but your car will not be clean. <laughs> right, clearly. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I have before me some of the reviews from last night of both performances. Hit you with that in a second. Oh, boy. So one of the great transitions in, in the history of mankind, one of the, uh, you know, the steps that led to the miracle, which is Western civilization, was uh, the development of English common law. Your Magna Carta, etc. But one of the principles of this, and this was incredibly revolutionary, is that the king himself cannot breach the walls of your cottage without a warrant. 
That was an amazing change in human history. Amazing. And, you know, we, we cherish that these days, theoretically. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's no big deal, but it's a big deal. So uh, Judy and I moved into a house that was like exactly the right age that stuff starts breaking. 12, 14 years. Eh, everything's 12, 14 years old, unless it already broke, including our water heaters. So we got to get our water heaters uh, replaced. There are two of them for whatever reason. And so, as it turns out, not only do we have to get permits, because we're doing it legally, uh, to get the water heaters swapped out, but swapping Why? out... I know. I know. Why? To make sure we're not installing, like, nuclear water heaters with no containment dome. Or, I don't know, powering it with, uh, you know, endangered ocelot pelts. I'm going to get whatever. one of the water heaters they sell at the water heater place yeah. that are approved by whoever approves those sorts of things. And a licensed plumber is going to hook up the water and the gas, make sure it's not leaking, send me on my way like happens millions of times a day. Anyway, but here's the deal. Because I got a water heater replacement, and they have to permit that, that gives my town, and many, many, many towns are like this, it's not unique to me, the right to come into my home and verify that I have smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. Along with the water heater thing? Right. Wow. Because I'm getting that done, they get to come into my home. That is not Which the king himself cannot do without a warrant. Now... That is a serious issue of liberty, and it bothers me. The fact that it's triple stupid probably bothers me every bit as much. When we bought the place, which was two and a half years ago, or a year and a half ago, wasn't very long ago, they got to come in and inspect to make sure there's smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors. Then we refinanced the place when we finally sold our old house, thank God. Um, And at that point, when we refinanced, that gave them the right to come in and inspect to make sure we have smoke alarms and and carbon monoxide detectors. And now because we're getting a new water heater, they get to come in for a third time in 18 months to check this. What do you think we do? We, like, strip them off the walls and smash them because we, we want to die? Or what do you suspect is happening? And why at every... What if I get a new toaster oven? What if I get a pair of new shoes? I mean, how many excuses are there and how often that the government gets to come into my home and wander around and check something? Well, somebody's getting paid something for that, so that's part of it, right? Right. There's, I'm sure there's a fee involved. And while we're wandering around my home in defiance of the Constitution and common law, number one, killer's heart disease. Why aren't you checking for, I don't know, bacon or actually more accurately, carbs? Make sure I got exercise equipment. If you want to save my life, how many people die of carbon monoxide poisoning? Seriously. In, like, the suburbs of America. Well, it's certainly hard, not hard to imagine why, if they're going to check three times in a year and a half for carbon monoxide, which I don't know anybody who's died from, um, that they'd check your medicine cabinet to see if you got Oxycontin, which right. 80,000 people will die sure. from this year. So, heart disease, cancer, chronic lower respiratory disease. Why aren't they tapping on my lungs? They got a stethoscope, but they want to accidents, stroke, uh, Alzheimer's. Why aren't they checking me for that if they're going to save my life? Diabetes. 
uh, going on. Uh, influenza. Uh, finally, they get down to suicide. The number 10 killer of Americans is suicide, which is tragic and horrible. Why do they not have a city inspector coming into my home and saying, how you feeling, Joe? How's your life? You got hope? You got hope for the future? Yeah. I know you get down sometimes. Everybody does. How bad does it get? Why isn't the city inspector protecting me from that? Or as you quite aptly pointed out, checking to see what I've done with my extra oxycontin from my recent surgery. It's just, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's a combination of, of uh, really extra constitutional rummaging around in my house, which I do not appreciate, and the obvious naked grabbing of fees. Please. Well, here's the fee for inspecting your home for the third time in 18 months. All right. Um, so what if I were to, say, take the guy hostage in a room? Is that illegal? Is that, uh, <laughs> I mean, hostage is such a hostile word. Ask, ask him to stay. Ask O.J. Simpson. <laughs> I would never do that. Nobody's leaving this room. I would never hurt anybody. It's so, like he's not really the juice anymore. I know. Part of my job with what I do for a living is after the speeches last night, I went on the old Twitterverse and checked out what various people were saying. Mm-hmm. These things are such eye the beholder. I mean, if you went into it hating Trump and uh, loving Chuck and Nancy or vice versa, you see it completely differently. And it's just amazing. Sure, absolutely. It's just the way we're built as human beings. Mark Thiessen of the Washington Post, who leans, who leans right, not particularly a Trump fan, but leans right. Obviously, um, he was presidential. He said of Trump's speech last night, he wasn't. He uh, he was compassionate, reasonable, called for a compromise, not a declaration of national emergency. He was in short presidential, says Mark Thiessen, okay. especially when compared to Pelosi and Sherman, Schumer. That settles that. Same newspaper, different pundit. Elisa Rosenberg saw Trump straining to play a normal president and found it disturbing. That he spoke in platitudes he can't possibly believe. The address had the queasy effect of a serial killer's mask in a horror movie. <laughs> it was a fail, failed attempt to look normal that concealed something even more terrifying. Wow. Wow. Uh, a lot of memes about Pelosi and Schumer going around the yeah. internet. Uh, I don't know if you checked any of those out. The most oh, common yeah. being the old, uh, the classic American Gothic painting because it did have that look. A couple of stone-faced oldsters staring at us. <laughs> Uh, one person said it uh, reminded uh, a lot of uh, them of exasperated parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, My favorite was their America's angry grandparents staring at us. I can't believe you saw, did that. Saw a guy on Fox last night say, said, Chuck and Nancy, look, it looked like the opening skit of SNL when they're being over the top yeah. in their portrayal of old wooden people. It almost did look like a parody of that. There's one more I wanted to hit you with. Oh, yeah, I'll just tell you real quickly. I didn't. I didn't love the president's address either. I thought it could have been better. I, I blame the writers. Seth McFarlane. Seth McFarlane of Family Guy said the president delivered his words with such slow and deliberate articulation that it seemed like he was a Wheel of Fortune contestant trying to solve a puzzle. <laughs> it's just a funny line. So, you guys, uh, did you hear about how Trump hosted a bunch of the news people earlier that day and essentially? Uh, pitched his argument to them in a closed uh, off-the-record meeting. Well, uh, so I was watching the CNN feed of it, and Chris Cuomo afterwards was shocked at how kind of boring Trump was. And he even said that the things that were discussed in the meeting were off the record, but I can tell you he is much more compelling giving this argument in person than he was what you guys just saw. That's interesting. I can believe that. I, uh, style points-wise, I didn't think it was great. Message-wise, I thought it was a little too scattered. 
Um, and he has people for that. I'm not blaming the president. I just I was a little disappointed at the pitch. And then Chuck and Nancy is just, I, well, you know what? Listen, uh, you know this, don't you? Politics is so phony. I mean, the, 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 heck, you don't even know what people believe. And when they do believe something, they do a poor job of articulating it. And, and, and this problem could be solved by this afternoon if you put 10 normal Americans in a room together. And uh, that's no, no way to run a country. And you got some city inspector rummaging through your wife's panty drawer because you got a new hot water heater. The criticism that, hey, look, Democrats, somebody tweeted last night, we're the party of Hollywood. Why can't we get lighting makeup people <laughs> that can help out on our side? There's only so much you can do. Yeah, but Chuck and Nancy it was just so starkly lit. It was like to highlight how old and wooden they were. Yeah, yeah. The two of them sharing one lectern or whatever <laughs> yeah. that is. And Colbert said the, the original sin on that was one podium for two people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, kind we've, of weird. we've recorded enough commercials that while well, the other one's talking, you glance at them occasionally and smile and nod your head a little bit. Or you could stare stone-faced during the entirety of the other person's screed and then switch. Now you talk and I'll stare angrily at the camera without blinking. Great presentation. <laughs> yeah, that didn't look creepy or weird at all. Oh, man. He didn't look like Carl from Sling Blade at all. If he'd, the... if he'd have picked up a hammer and started to hit somebody oh, wow. with it, it seemed in character. Wow. <laughs> wow, this is America. We can do better. The main thing is I don't think it moved the needle either direction. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 